This is Matt Taven, and you've decided that you get it because you're listening to the Unsanctioned Podcast. Unsanctioned Nation, what's happening, everybody? You know we are back. We picked up our ball again, and we are going to play regular minutes in 2021. We apologize for a slight hiatus, but we are going to come back strong. In this episode, we have our inaugural guest, who is known to you as someone from Sports Illustrated, but known to us as a great, great friend. That man is Justin Barrasso. What's up, everybody? I'm Luis Vasquez. Always hit me up on Twitter at LuisVasquez617. It's your boy, Jay Holland, man. You can follow me across social media at Connoisseur781. Big change, big change there. That's Connoisseur, C-O-N-N-O-I-S-S-E-U-R-781. Big things in 2021. It's your boy. Twenty-one, yes, sir. Real June, aka the King of Kings, in the building, aka the, forbid, the Forbidden Door, in the building, aka Dragonfly, in the building. Mm. Guys, Julia, Julia. Bird called Jones, right there. Get him. <laughs> find Get me at the juice underscore UPW. Yeah, me, but I won't find you. Yeah, oh, boy, man. hit us up on all. Nah, I, man, I, every time I say all, all. I'm like, I, I wish we could be on this platform. I wish we could be on that platform. But, but we we are. Are, we're on pretty much like all the major platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, which apparently is like switching or, or going out of business or something. But we're, we're there if it's still up. Uh, what's, what are the other big ones? iHeart. iHeart yeah. Radio. Tune in. Flex, Apple, all of that. So get us a line if you want. If you're if you're an email person, you can get us there too. Unsanctionedpodcast at gmail.com. But here we are, state of wrestling. You know, this is a series in the unsanctioned podcast world. This is. Oh, do we five? do we give it the? It, it, this is number five. Do we get? Do we give them the uh, the five doc time. order? I think we give them five the doc time. order. I was thinking Booker T. <laughs> There's a little saying around here, FSR, so I don't know if by association we go with Dark Order. Yeah, guilty, guilty, guilty by association, I think. So we're going to have to go with the Dark Order. All right. Unsanctioned Nation, Luis, Julio, Jay, and Sports Illustrated's Justin Barrasso. Hit the line, Jay. You already know, man. This is the Unsanctioned Podcast. We are now being sanctioned over your airwaves. Let's get it. Bada bing, bada boom. Gotta bring the city back. Let me know we still here. Never going to stop. Keep rolling like a whale. Jay, can't be shook. When you want the juice, we got the juice. We go straight to the source. Justin Barrasso, again, known to us as a good friend, but known to you as someone who writes wrestling and gives you the very latest Sports Illustrated. Here he is, the man, the myth, the inaugural, inaugural guest of the Unsanctioned Podcast. He was on episode one. He was on episode one. one. Episode number one. We go back. Like like host number four is what he is. And he's actually probably joining or surpassing the Taven Club. Justin's in his own. It's a different category. That's rare territory. It's it's great to be back. I, I love coming on with you guys. You guys have such passion. I think we we kind of reached a whole new level when we saw uh, All In Together a couple yeah. of years ago. And yeah. Yeah. I'll never forget too. Jay asked me, or I don't know who asked me to come on, but I did one show with you guys, and we did it after a game, and we got out of Fenway at like two thirty three in the morning. And I remember. There were these two drunk guys stumbling down in the street in front in front of Yaki in front of Jersey, and I'm thinking, man, 
this is like the bars are closed and ended up being two guys I knew quite well. And they were laughing that I was there and, and I was laughing that they were there stumbling home. They, I'm sure they don't remember it, but you know, they got in their Uber and, and I went home. But uh, yeah, I love coming out with you guys and uh, it's nice to be back. I do remember that. I think I think we were doing like a, a WrestleMania episode. Yeah, that, that, that's we your that's the first episode. three, yeah. four in the morning. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was whenever it was. It was. It, it, we didn't plan to be late, but it was. Yeah, maybe a yeah, It didn't even feel that way. Just, right, you know, we just energized. Yeah, <laughs> excited about what we what we do and what we talk about here. So, so Justin, I do have one question to, to, to get us going. Uh, even though this is a conversation and you're co-hosting this episode with us, we we touched a little bit offline prior to starting this about how things have changed with the pandemic and, and with talking to people virtually and things just being a little more lax. What has that been like for you who who gets to connect with folks in the wrestling field and and you know you get to you get to connect with them on a personal level at times and especially now it's a little more intimate uh, with what you're you're looking to write or cover. How has that experience changed? How is it different uh, much more than before? It's a great question. Uh, so much has changed. So for me, uh, I do a little more video now, but most of my stuff is is written. And I think that's kind of, um, you know, if you're if you're looking to, to read something or features or like today was Bob, Monday was Bobby Lashley. Uh, Wednesday, there'll be a feature story with Edge and in the column will be Jimmy Rave too, talking about raising money for it for a prosthetic arm. So uh, more of the calls are video calls. But for me, uh, like the Rey Mysterio piece I did recently, we did that over video. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's always tricky to connect over the phone. You, you prefer to be in person. If you're not in person, video is nice just cause like right now we can see one another. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been interesting. It's, it hasn't changed so much for me as it has the industry, you know, before I think you hit record, we were talking about the crossovers and like David Finley and Juice Robinson going from impact excuse me going to impact going from from new japan new japan talent showing up at impact that boggles my mind i remember being in vegas a few years ago for a ring of honor anniversary show and interviewing okada and the questions were okada speaks a little bit of english or he did then but everything was translated and all my i started to ask questions about his impact run and i remember the translator was kind of joking but half serious was like you can ask anything you want wwe this that you can ask anything I am not asking an impact question. I won't. I refuse to. And I just laughed. Like the, the, the bitterness from New Japan to impact has been real for so long. Um, that to me surprises me more than AEW and New Japan working together. I feel like that was inevitable. But like to me, that's the biggest surprise. Uh, and, and that's a product, a, a direct byproduct of the pandemic. Wow. Now, Justin, do you feel like Don Callis changed with his, his great relationship? I guess within New Japan and being who he is with Impact, do you think that also played a role with kind of loosening the reins? Because I, I don't believe Callis was in the position he was when Okada was there. I don't even think he's with the company at the time. No, so you're right, Jay. Uh, Callis and, and Scott, the, Scott as well. You know, we're both critical, and um, I think what one doesn't do, the other does, and vice versa. You know, Scott's for a guy with a lot of success in pro wrestling is very humble and Don he's connected. Don's so well connected. Um, you know, Don and, and Kenny, that's, you know, sometimes the best things on air are, are real, right? Like that's real, that friendship. That's not something that it's, it's, they go on TV and they're, they play, you know, partners like Omega and Callis are close. Um, so that's definitely played a factor and, and Kenny's pushed for this as well. And I think I, again, you know, we just, I just did a story with Rocky Romero and, 
Uh, Rocky talked about how the pandemic helped change some points of view. Plus, I mean, let's be realistic here for the, for like new Japan, like they can get what they want. Like they, they need Okada to get another win over Kenny. Like it has to end that way. Now, does that mean Kenny beats Abushi for the belt? Probably. And Kenny's the title collector and he wins that title. But how does it end? It's got to end with Okada. Like it's a great chance for uh, Okada to, to regain supremacy, you know, in the wrestling end of that promotion. Um, but also too, from a performer perspective, man, if, if you're looking at this in, you know, maybe you're Kevin Owens or you're Sami Zayn or, and you're looking at this and you're thinking, man, like, this super show, which they're building to toward, is going to be unreal. Mm. Yeah, no. you brought up a great point right there, Justin. Though, um, you know, with all these guys coming in and all these crossovers, if I'm a guy like Sean Spears, or if I'm a guy like Scorpio Sky, some guy who you know before the pandemic started, AEW was building. How do I feel right now? Do I feel like that, I've been pushed pushed back? That's a great point. So. You're never going to please everybody. Excellent point. I agree. There's going to be guys lost in the shuffle. However, there's, well, AEW's tough because it's only two hours, right? So, I, you, but the, the tricky thing is, too, you had a second show, the product becomes diluted. You stay at two hours, there's not enough time. So, it's, it's a fine line. But you're, to me, the, the cream will rise. And I think that's a challenge to the performers. I do think you make, you know, even Impact, I'm excited to watch tomorrow night's show, even with the AEW. Like, to me, I love what the X Division's done. They have starred despite bigger names coming. I love what the women's division's done. Uh, Deanna has put that division on her shoulders. And, yeah, Kenny's there. And, it's there. you know, there's the Good Brothers and, and all this. Chris Bay, I think, at, at the summer pay-per-view, that was anniversary. that match when he beat Willie Mack for the X Division title. Maybe it wasn't the best match in the card. Maybe Jordan Grace, Deanna Perrazzo was. Either way, those were, those were matches with... How many, how many WWE arrivals did they have that night? Seven or eight or six? Mm. Um, so to me, it's, it's a challenge, like you said, for a Spears or for if you're Darby Allen to make sure you continue your ascent. I, I think that's a great point. From the outside, it's like, hey, I want to be part of this. But if you're in it and you're, you're not involved, uh, you know, the last interview I did with Scorpio Sky was around Christmas time, and he talked about being a bench player. And he's okay with that for now. But, of course, you know, he's competitive. He's more than talented. Like he's a guy who should be a champion there uh, as a singles champion. Maybe that's a great point to say. Say you put him in impact and you put a title on him there. Well, then people are upset in impact. So it, it is going to be interesting. Anytime you're dealing with so many egos, uh, it, it, that's a great point. But going back to the chemistry, like people were really excited to see uh, the good brothers, for example, sign with impact wrestling. But there was a portion of the crowd who was pretty disappointed, who swore by everything that they were going to end up in AEW. And essentially, they kind of still did. But how much did you maybe have an inclination or think that this was going to end up the way that it has anyway? So I like figured, I mean, I, I thought they were, going to do, they were going to do New Japan. But it makes sense that they're... New Japan is trying to build strong on Friday nights. So I think the more they can do with that, the better um, for them. You know, how does it benefit them? And I think this benefits everyone, too. They can they definitely wanted to work with with Gallows and Anderson, guys who didn't leave on bad terms. Um, You know, it's just poor timing too. think of if there was a New Japan world, how important Gallows, excuse me, Anderson would have been like that G1 run he had. 
he was, I mean, he's not Kenny. They're very different performers, but he was Kenny before Kenny in terms of like a, a foreign talent, just putting on top tier matchups, top tier match. If there was a new Japan world, I wonder how we'd view him right now. And maybe that WWE run is, is different or doesn't happen, or maybe he's a single star. Because uh, they were so underutilized. I mean, they were given a role in WWE, and it was to be sidekicks. And they were great at it. Like Mania, they make that Mania match. I know Gallows was joking he wants his Slammy for match of the year. But they were they were a big part. I, Jay and I were talking about that after the match, shortly after the Mania. Like, they were awesome at Mania. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it it's one of those things where it, it's it's right now, at least, it's working out for everyone. Everyone's getting new talent. And there are some some key players involved, right? New Japan, who do they want? They want eventually Omega, but they certainly want John Moxley. And to me, I'm jumping around. Man, John Moxley went from a guy that was left off the card. He was still with WWE for his last mania, left off the card, never headlined the mania, was champion at the wrong time because they went to the brand split. If you said he was going to leave and become bigger because of it, I just think it's easy to balk at that. I'm not sure. I thought he would be important once we saw him in, in debut in AEW. I don't think I ever expected him to be an industry-changing force. And that's what Moxley is. So he's he's valuable. New Japan wants him. He's a champion there. So it's one of those things right now. Everyone's getting something they want. Hey, Jesse, Jesse, hold on. Like hold on. Jesse, can you, Rock Jesse, hold on. Can, can you repeat that again? Because... There are some uh, some guys who seem to doubt John Moxley and his AEW stock. So can you just repeat just that last line? Not this guy. <laughs> Jay, think back to think <laughs> back to uh, Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins with that blow up. Like it just it, at the end, it didn't work, and he had the gas bass on and like yeah. John John. But it's one thing to say I'm going to leave and do things differently, and I'm that's what that's what John's done. Like the feud with Jericho. From, from November to February, that feud was fantastic storytelling. Moxley had, an, like every other world champion, uh, a hurdle to jump with the pandemic and, and no crowd. His stories, whether it, Eddie Kingston, that was an awesome story. Eddie mm-hmm. Kingston in the main event in 2020. That's wild. That was so much fun. Um, Thank you, Moxley. Yeah, yeah he, I, I'm, a, I'm a John. And, and what he's doing for the independents, going back, he's back at uh, Bloodsport this weekend and he's and i love the story there too who's he fighting harry smith why does that matter harry smith's four and zero in blood sport he's never lost now it's the perfect time to lose right because i don't see john moxley losing but it's a good story john's big thing well Moxley, moxley's big thing was he wanted to give you the best stories possible that he wasn't able to give you in wwe yeah he's an industry industry driving force jay i i, I couldn't be more impressed with what he's done Yes, and it still babbles me. Uh, hold on, let's go back. WWE interview, like he said, I'm leaving. This is it. I'm content with my decision. And I, it's time for me to cash in my chips. And literally, he shows up at double or nothing. And like, no one caught that. Talk about and changing I, the WWE narrative. Didn't catch, yeah. He Crazy, said it. He, right? he told us. He told us what was going to happen. It's amazing. Talk about changing the narrative. Uh, the argument was what not whether or not he was an industry changing force is whether or not he was a uh, outside of the industry superstar. But I digress. Um, uh, I think he is. I, I think I think we just confirmed that. <laughs> no, no, he's a force in the industry. That's for sure. Whether or not he's a main 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 uh, stream superstar. That's that's a lot left to be said. Whether or not he can be, that's a lot left to be desired. The movie, why Cage Fighter? My issue with Kate, and I should say my issue. I didn't have an issue with it. The movie was great. 
that movie had its 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 run international run before it it, it would have been nice had it been a worldwide release so i don't i think it was because christian was good in that film that was a, a fun film but it was funky that they went international first by the time it came, you know broadcast in the states it was kind of old news so i'd be curious moving forward i'm sure he'd love that right john's life's about to change too he's what a couple of months away from from, from fatherhood so i'll be curious where, where he goes next you, no, you just so brought up something sorry jay you just brought up something that was really interesting to me in terms of the state of wrestling in terms of all these crossovers you notice wwe has bring back all these legends a lot of them that were supposed to be having career ending injuries christian and edge and even daniel bryan last year is that a direct response to the competition they see from aew they see from impact and in, in these crossovers Edge, 100%. Edge was supposed to be the Lex Luger. I mean, it's funny to compare Edge to Lex Luger, but Edge was supposed to be that that major debut on the first night of Dynamite. Uh, yeah, that was mm. that was the plan. He had talks with Tony Khan. That was a, a real possibility. And, and But if that's not something where Edge, you know, misplayed or, or tried to, tried to um, if, uh, leverage that for more money. He was open and honest, and, and he, he was honest up with both sides, and, and ultimately WWE's home, and it's it's hard to argue that um, he belongs there, right? Like, he is a, w, a true and true WWE superstar from the time he was in the brood to now. Um, but yeah, Edge, Edge, Edge was coming back to wrestling. If WWE didn't want him, which would have been crazy, he would he would have been in AEW. So there's a great example. Um, yeah, it's funny how, how things have changed. Uh, you know, Brian is a guy I think we can all agree we never thought we'd see wrestle again. WWE would never let him wrestle again. And then you think back to that Survivor Series match with Brock. He's getting dropped on his neck over and over again. It's like, you know, we're, we're moving on like nothing happened. Um, so I certain, I definitely think that, yes, AEW has, has, from inside the industry, definitely changed things. Even with New Japan. You know, I, I go back to the interview and they're, they're translate. We, I always have a translator with, with, the, with the big stars from New Japan. Um, and the Okada interview, which ran right around the new year, right before Wrestle Kingdom Peace, he talked about how he wants a super show with AEW, with WWE, which isn't going to happen, uh, with AAA, with CMLL. And you would think they'd never work together, but because of the feud, the long, long-standing feud there. But he didn't mention Ring of Honor. There's another change, right? Like AEW's completely uh, taken them out of the discussion because the the I'm trying to think of the match. I'm jumping around, but but it was a tag match. It was Moose and was well, it Moose and Tana? Yeah, it was a, it was a it was Moose tagging with Okada and Tanahashi were both in the match. And that because the neat thing was when they got in the ring together, but like Ring of Honor had some really cool moments with New Japan. Not anymore. Nah. nah. But speaking of Moose, man, I, I'm glad you mentioned his name. Talk to me about him, man, because I feel 2020, like I know the PW insider doesn't see it, but I feel like he arguably could have been number one just based on the, his growth and what he's been able to do with impact and the way he stepped in last minute. Uh, just most recently in that six-man tag against Omega and the Good Brothers, man, he he was phenomenal. Like I've never seen him do uh, a Spanish Standing fly. Moonsaults <laughs> and all of that, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, you see his body transformation, and and to be honest, he he's, like he's kind of yeah, yeah. And to, and to be Perfect. honest, like he's 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 making that TNA Heavyweight Championship more impactful, pun intended, than the Impact Heavyweight Championship. I, I guess that's a couple a couple ways to look at that pay per view. Hard to kill. 
he, he overshadowed Rich, which isn't the goal. And Rich Swan's a great champion. Rich Swan, you know, after the show we talked, and he, he wants to be like that Ricky Steamboat type, that 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 you know, kind of uh, white meat baby face. And Rich is great, but man, when a guy like a guy the size of Moose is working the way he does and presenting the way presenting himself in the ring the way he does, uh, a ring presence really outside of o- Omega. I mean, he was just outstanding, and that match should have been a collision course because the whole point of it was to see a big piece of it was to see the motor city machine guns. We lost that moose comes in disappointing. It's this four storyline with the TNA title, the impact title and moose stole the show. Like moose made that match. It's wild to think how, where we started the night and where we ended the night. Um, and I, I wonder too, maybe he's the guy because Kenny's, Kenny's going to have to win that belt. Right. So like, what do you do next? Do you have rich win it back? Or do you have, do you have Moose kind of kind of win both titles? Or maybe you go with the more traditional babyface. I still think Moose is a better heel. I don't know. Moose is a guy to me. You can build an entire promotion around, uh, and he's ready. Four hundred percent. Yeah, we've said this on, on on this podcast a thousand times that we think that's the guy that the industry has kind of overshadowed just because he's had you know the troubles early on with it when he was signed with WWE. You know, I think you know the mainstream part of the industry has kind of overlooked how good he can really, really be. And I mean, yeah. and, and to piggyback, and to piggyback off that storyline, I, I think it's um because I think everyone assumes that Rich Juan is going to get his his win back against Kenny since Kenny did pin him in that hard to kill match. Um, but ironically, like for optically and just just even like pay per view wise, I think it makes more sense. Hundred percent agree with you. First Omega. You know, mm-hmm. and the good brothers cost Moose the, the impact at weight championship and so on and so forth. And it, then he gets his win back. I think that makes the most sense. Um, but, you know, kudos to, to Impact, man, and, and what they've been doing. Like, you know, you look at what they're doing with TJP, man, and, and, and Rohit, you know. so and, they, and they're bringing back some of their old stars too, man. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most recently they had uh, Tommy Dreamer. And ODB on. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? They're bringing back there some of their legends and stuff too. So, um so I guess just I guess I'm saying all Rohit, that to Rohit say Raju too. I think he is yeah. big one star. Of old, yeah, one of, one of those guys who is a what a 15 year overnight sensation. Mm-hmm. Like he he. So it's fun to see them build talent too. Diana, what a what a mistake uh, yeah. that she's she's not a major player in NXT or on the main roster. She was what fodder for Nia Jax, right? Wasn't mm-hmm. that how she was? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she's there's nobody like her. I mean, what a mistake. And for AEW, too, right? You can build yeah. your – I know they're going in a different direction. They've got the big elimination tournament coming up. But, like, Tiana's, Tiana's money. Uh, what a great move for them. Speaking of mistakes uh, in, in, and bringing up the women's division, Taya Conti and AEW, uh, that's somebody else that the whole industry is missing the ball on. WWE missed the ball on her, letting her go, not giving her something that was worth a while. When we think about the – when we all think about the crossover and what would benefit AEW the most, we all thought about their women's division and how weak it was and the talent that could come in from there. Is it going to be, do you think Tony Khan has an eye to use talent from other women's divisions? Cause so far he has it, he, you know, he reached into NWA for a little bit and then stopped there. Um, but so far we haven't seen any of the impact women's division come in. We haven't seen any of the new Japan stars as of yet. I know we have the tournament coming up, but we all thought that the women's division was going to see the most influx of talent from, from all these crossovers. Why, why hasn't that happened yet? Don't you think? 
I think they've got Kenny, Tony, Kenny. They've got a, a solid plan in what they're doing with that women's division. And I think right now, too, uh, she does done a great job as champion. I, sometimes it's just the right. I think she'll again, baby faces are kind of kind of built to be to chase. Right. Uh, it's just a better story. I still love Thunder Rosa as champion. Uh, Britt Baker, Dr. Britt Baker. And they, I do. They have I think this tournament, I hope, is going to show that that division is a lot deeper uh, but it's going to take a commitment. You know, it's going to take time. So I, I can see why they're, they're not using other talent from AEW, uh, from Impact. Just to, they're still developing there. I think they've got a long-term plan there. And I think we all want more from that women's division in AEW. I don't think that's breaking news. But I think the key for them will be just seeing the plan through. It definitely hurt. The pandemic hurt in terms of travel and not having all the pieces they wanted. Um, I still question, I know it had its own YouTube channel, but like the, the tag division or the tag tournament, why not do that on dynamite? Like I know dynamite's only two hours, but if, if you want something to feel important, it's gotta be on, it has to be on dynamite. So I'm, I'm really excited to see where the tournament goes. I hope they make it special. I hope there is more time dedicated on dynamite because that's where all the eyes are. Mm-hmm. Now, Justin, we're just going to flip it just a little bit, man, because we've been talking about the main promotional brands. However, there are some the, the independent, like smaller brands like Ring of Honor that are doing their things. Mike Bennett making his return yeah. to Ring of Honor, which um, you know, I'm assuming if fans were there would be a much larger story. Um, they've had some interesting storylines. You look at the foundation and what they've been doing. You look at you know, Jonathan some, Gresham, the best thing they have going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and then you look at some. He's got like a Shane great Taylor. girlfriend. <laughs> then you look at Shane Taylor and Shane Taylor Promotions and you know what they're doing and you know with the tag team and, and everything. So I uh, just want to touch upon that, man. Like, what do you think? Of what's going on with Ring of Honor? Like, what's their sense of direction? You know, Roosh's signed and his family signed out, and they worked out a great deal where they could keep their merchandise. So and, and got data contract. You kidding? Yeah. Me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know he's still able to. Roosh is still able to work shows in Mexico, and the key was. Uh, for Dragon Lee, his brother is he's still able to work New Japan shows in Japan, so it's it's a great deal. They got they got exactly what they wanted, and Ring of Honor did too, right? They wanted to keep their key players. I like the talent in Ring of Honor a lot. I just don't see how they can ever be relevant on a large street at, lar- at, a, at a major scale without weekly television. When do they run? How often do they run? When does the new content come out? Like these aren't questions that should be that we should be asking. When does when when can you watch WWE? Monday, Wednesday, Monday, Friday. When do you watch NXT? Wednesday night. When do you watch AW? When do you watch Impact? Impact is now known. It's it's Tuesday nights on Axis. When do you watch Ring of Honor? What channel is it on? Like these are crazy questions to ask of a supposed you know big brand. Um, if they want to be a big brand, they've got to treat themselves that way. They have the talent. You just mentioned what ten names of the real, Shane Taylor, extremely talented. Uh, why, why is that? Why can't we find this content? So I think that's the issue too. Uh, you know, it's such a different era now. There's no touring, obviously they've got the uh, anniversary pay-per-view coming up. I wish there was one night a week. We knew to tune in because ring of honor was putting out new content. Uh, the occasional live show, sort of the, the, the impact wrestling model, right? I mean, that's even MLW. I know where to find it, when to find it, how to find it. Ring of honor is uh a bit of a crapshoot. I think in order for them to be for them to be taken seriously again, that's the biggest first step. So for, for Roosh, I'm sorry. So for Roosh, like going back to what you just said, like all the pros, right? That he was able to, to get 
off of his contract. His negotiation seems like, you know, he was able to, to get some of the items that he needed to, to fulfill his happiness on the wrestling scene. I did see reports and, you know, sometimes you take the reports with a grain of salt that uh, a certain promotion, a uh, big mainstream machine was not offering enough money, a place that, you know, has a ton of it, especially after back to back billion dollar dollar deals. But the pro in that is what you just said. You'd be able to tune in weekly every Wednesday on a, you know, a main platform or every Monday night on Raw. Why, why wasn't that? Uh, why do you think that that wasn't the preference versus what the other stuff that he was able to get? I to can't think of that exact story. I, I vaguely remember the report um, and just the timing of it. I did something right before they signed with Master Public. And Jay mentioned, Jay, Jay just mentioned the fact that they could sell their own merch or they, they have control of their own merch. That's they they work with Ma- Master Public, which you're, you're in Master Public. There's, there's all kinds of options, right? For film, for action figures, for, for apparel. Uh, so they were, they were running the contract, whatever that report was, I'm trying to think of which one it was, but it didn't mention Master Public. Uh, now, were there conversations with, with talent from WWE? Maybe. Um, but from, from what I was told directly from, the people running their negotiations, it never, it never built, it never moved anywhere. And part of that was not even the money, but the life circumstances, right? For a guy with, with fam of the wife and children and uprooting to Florida wasn't the ideal situation, nor was flying every week to Florida. So, um, and I think, you know, it's so hard to be a Lucha, that Lucha style in WWE. If you look at never, ever works unless your Rey Mysterio, which is which is beyond mystifying, right? Because Rey's shorter than than all all of us. I mean, which for a couple of you guys didn't say much, but he's shorter than me. Which is, I mean, Rey is just an otherworldly talent. Um, but to to main, to be a WWE main eventer as a luchador with the mask, it just never happens, which is crazy. But they've got um, Santos Escobar, who I think is checks every box, right? I mean, he's just so good. Um, if Rush had went to NXT. I, the, this, as far as I was told, those discussions never, never materialized. Did he text a friend? Maybe. But as far as I know, there was no there was no traction between the two parties. I'm, I'm surprised. I'm disappointed because Roosh is a tremendous talent. He's someone that you can build around. But it almost seems like maybe one side or the other was trying to call the bluff and it didn't work out or something. But I don't even think it got that far. Full, but for Ring of Honor, uh, least, for a guy like that, though, what's that? You go full throttle for a guy like that, I would think. You know. Yeah, I think for him though, right now the flex, he, he's going to get well paid. Ring of Honor has money, so like they're paying, especially for for the top guy. Um, he get, he doesn't have to uproot his family, which is critical, and he's not going to lose. Like he goes to right, NXT, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. He goes to NXT, and there is wins, loses, wins, losses, whatever. He's like he's not controlling, or at least not having a big say in his booking. Uh, he will in Ring of Honor, and, and I, I think he'll win more than he loses, obviously. And when he loses, he'll be okay with it. Uh, that wouldn't be the case if he was working for, for Triple H or, right. or for, for NXT. So I think for him, and he probably got more money with with NXT, uh, with Ring of Honor, too, to be honest. I, I don't know the details of the contract, but for a top guy, Ring of Honor will pay. So I think it was the best-case scenario for, for him, for his brother. They don't get their father a deal in NXT. So all across the board, I think it was just just um, it was it was a great 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 relationship and and everything worked out for them. 
it's what you call family business. Justin, real quick, just to touch yeah. on one other promotion, really, really quick that I'm just bewildered what's going on because I thought this pandemic era would help NWA the most. They're already producing a studio show that had no crowd. Who? <laughs> oh man. I, no, I'm not being, but like there's nobody left. Look at all there's the NWA stars. Yep. They're all gone. They're all gone. Eli Drake's gone. Eli Actually, Drake's all gone. gone. Thunder Rosa, night. <laughs> I think he's going to be big in NXT. There's nobody left Th- uh, except for the champ. If they come back, who's, I mean, they're going to need an entire facelift, which could be fun because then we're going to, if they do come back, we're going to see an entirely new uh, facelift, right? We're going to need, we're going to need to see new stars. So it could be, I, I joke and say who, but like it, who will be on that roster? It's worth asking. Uh, but if they do it right, maybe we were introduced to an entirely new group of stars. I mean, they had Ricky Starks. Like he could have been if, if they stayed afloat, maybe he'd been their guy. I mean, he is he is another guy that's just a superstar in the making. Um, yeah, I'm really curious what happens if if Billy Corgan wants to continue with the NWA. They're gonna re- they're gonna need to build new stars, which I suppose is reason enough to watch. But what's gonna happen to Nick Aldis? Like what what happens to him? He's not, he's not, he's not WWE bound. If NWA folds, he's not going to go to WWE. I don't see him as an AEW guy. Does he go back to impact? He doesn't seem like a new Japan guy to me. He's a mainstream talent and a main event talent that's stuck in, in a small pond. How, he how was he perfect for, for the growth, the rebuild yes. of NWA. He was mm-hmm. perfect for that role. The guy. Yeah. Yep. And Cody, the problem from Cody already, like Cody is the NWA champ. I mean, it just makes too much sense. They already did it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's sort of tricky. I don't know if that belt works for anybody else. Yeah. And how many belts do you want to introduce in AEW? They probably already have. They've probably already peaked in terms of titles. Yeah, if you're Nick, that's a that's a bad place to be in a sense for now. Uh, AEW, excuse me, the NWA starts up again. He's their guy. Um, it's going to be tough. But I, 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 again, I think the exciting thing for them is if they can build new stars then they can be special. Uh, easier said than done, but um, he is the perfect guy as the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. So, yeah, time will tell, but um, tough place to be in right now. And for Ricky Starks, I hope he breaks out of a lot of people saying that, that they remind him of The Rock, like a young rock. Like, I want, I want him, like, I cringe every time I hear that because I, I, I'm really rooting for Ricky to, like, kind of, like, be successful. Be and, and he's killing it. He's super talented to like not be seen that way. That's you know, I don't, really, right I don't think there. it's his fault. He just kind of happens to resemble the rock when he was young, but no, he got he, some of his he, mannerisms. People he, pointed out all the time. I'm like, damn, like he, don't see the rock. Let's see. Ricky. Watch his promo, man. See, seeing him in team Taz does give me the rock in nation and domination like nation. vibes Five, where, yes, where it doesn't, it doesn't fit, but he still kills it. Yeah. He kills it. Yeah. Yeah. He's so, to me, he's got to be on a short list of guys to beat Sting. And you want to be, I think they've, I've, I've been open about this. I feel like we've seen too much of Sting, but like when you think of guys who, who need a win over Sting, yeah, Cody would be, would be fun, but like make Rick, like that could make Ricky guys like that. Uh, I can't think of, I mean, powerhouse Hobbs too. I don't know. Somebody, uh, if, if somebody can score a pin, especially it shouldn't happen often, but if the guys who beat Sting, those should be such pivotal, important, meaningful wins. How do you see Sting's? How do you see Sting matches being played out? Like, are they going to be cinematic? What do you think? I, I just don't see a fifty-four-year-old Sting flying around the ring with with the guys that they have in AEW. I think it takes a special guy in AEW to be able to take care of them, um, and you're not going to be able to have a long match with them. How do you think they're going to be able to 
you know, limit his, his, his deficiencies. The last time we spoke was right after it was right before double or nothing or right after. Yeah. Right after double or nothing. We spoke last. So it's been a little while. And, and Steve had said then Steve Borden sting had said, then he was ready to wrestle. He, he could do another match. If he prepared, if he, everything he's doing right now, he could go again. Um, they're smart to keep him in tag matches. He can pick his spots. He can do a couple high spots and tag out. Uh, he can take a little bit of punishment and tag out. And the key is too, it's, it's who you're working with. And fortunately for him, he's working with, with stars and guys who, who are going to protect, protect him. And, and unfortunately for Seth Rollins, you know, you got to mention this, he's not going to be taking a, uh, a power bomb, turnbuckle, turnbuckle, uh, turnbuckle power bomb. And yeah. so I think they're going to be smart on how they use him. They have to be. Um, but so I, I think that's the key for Sting. Keep working tags. Go out of your way to protect him. Um, there's a way to do it. I mean, look at all the older wrestlers. Jerry Lawler still wrestles. I mean, he, he it's the same match. But like we've seen it with when he comes to New England. Um, but like there's a way to do it um, and, and do it safely. That to me, the, the tag, the multi-mans. And I, I wouldn't be surprised, too, if we see Sting go that, that kind of Chris Jericho route of um, the tag matches start to become what like anything goes. So all of a sudden you're, you can do kind of, you can go outside the box with ideas and you're not restricted to the ring because you're limited there anyways. And, um, you know, Jericho has been really smart, like the Omega match in new Japan, they made that anything goes no DQ, which was so smart because if, if you're going to work with Kenny, I mean, you need every advantage you can get. So I think we'll, we'll, we'll watch and see, but I think they'll give Sting every advantage and, and they'll protect him every way they can. When he actually works a singles match, um, I would think it would be with a guy who is going to make sure he will not be hurt. Um, you know, look at the look at Muda this past weekend. That match was interesting too. There's a way to protect older stars. Uh, I, I think they'll do that, especially Tony investing so Tony Khan investing so much in Sting. I think they'll go out of their way to protect him. Now, Justin, I wanted to hop on uh, MLW for a quick second. And looking at everything they're doing with the Injustice and Contra storyline, um, looking like Cameron Smith is going to be the guy moving forward as they as they're pushing him, and maybe even um, you know, you know Hamilton himself. Like the way they kind of just queuing everyone up, and then you see Leo Rush come back and he wins the middleweight championship, and now he's the AAA you know cruiserweight champion. I just wanted to get your input on uh, what MLW has been doing these. Uh, yeah, since I like it. There's nobody there's and it's it's tough to say this. There's nobody like this guy. There's nobody like Jacob Fatu. Nobody. I mean, like a guy that size Beast. that can work. Oh, that can work as versatile and flexible. There's nobody like him. Yeah, the Leo thing I'm really excited about to see him is is Triple A Cruiserweight champion. The funny thing with um with Triple A is, you know, Kenny Kenny is special as their as their mega champion, but belts aren't the like the title match didn't didn't close out. Um, their last pay-per-view the mask is it means so much more in AAA than the than the than the belt and the title so I'm curious where that goes I mean that they they I believe they're recognizing that as a title change um, so I'm curious where that goes if, if Laredo Kid who's his own a star in his own right if he gets that back or what happens there um, yeah they're Wednesday nights are tough they're smart to go on early um, Hammerstone like you said has got a unique look He's he's tough. Um, he's charismatic. Uh, Richard Holiday. I actually like the Tim Donahue stuff. I thought that was funny. I, I was about to say, can we talk about that? Yeah. 
That was crazy. That I like I mean, it. What do people even remember that? Like the fans nowadays. Like if you know you you know that that's really cool. If you know the whole background to that, you know. Yeah, maybe they were just wrestling in general was a decade too late on Tim. Um, yeah, right. But he was. It was like once, once he was. Yeah, I mean he he was built to be a villain referee. Yeah. Uh, and the funny thing about that match was I don't know if this was out there if if MLW released this or not. Allegedly. Uh, the strap in that, it was a strap match, which we all remember the, the Caribbean strap match with Savio and Stone Cold. Supposedly, Savio, they asked him, can you bring the strap? He said, yeah, I'll get it from my garage. Allegedly, the story is that was the same one from the Austin match. I don't know if that's true or not, but oh, it's a neat wow. story if true. Um, and Savio yeah. looks good. Uh, still going, yeah, I, li- I like MLW. Um, who dethrones Fatu? And I think that's a big question for them. If I'm looking at it, I think I think it's a triple threat. And I think Holiday goes over. And I think it just naturally builds in a feud between Holiday and Hammerstone. Because I think at some point it's going to have to lead to those two. Um, you know, the dynasty is not what it used to be. So, um, and, then, yeah. and MJF was the – yeah. Yep. Such a key part of that. So, I they they who's going to be that, that baby face to kind of take over the company too? I actually loved – Harry Smith in that role. Um, he's a free Lance agent. Warner. Lance Warner is a free agent. Yeah. So uh, they, they're, they, but it's nice to have them back as well. Um, and I'm really curious. I hope Laredo kid, like I think we saw in the Omega match, he's a star. So I hope they do more with him too. Cause he hasn't been presented that way. Always in MLW. He's lost more than he's won. Um, so I hope we see, see more of him and, uh, I'd like to think he gets the belt back from Leo, but Leo's great too. I'm happy to see Leo doing well. So yeah, they've got a lot of moving pieces, and uh, yeah, I mean MLW. Hey, they're 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 back in the mix, which is exactly where they want to be. Now, do you see them punishing Brian Pillman because you know he was a he was a staple guy for them, and now he's just in matches with no ring entrance music. <laughs> you know, he's getting beat down pretty bad. So, do you think it's it, a lot of that's just a backlash from him publicly? I guess stating he wanted to leave or it coming out that he wanted to leave there. I think if a guy can make you money, then a guy will make you money. So I think that they're, I think what, what, and I can't speak for Court Bauer, but I think what makes that situation so unique is, you know, Pillman's talented for sure. And he's good. And he was playing a key role in MLW. Uh, he lost in, in AEW. So I think it's a matter of how do you present him um, in MLW now? So I think that I don't think long-term it'll hurt Brian. I think he's just too talented. But I think that's the key. If he's getting if he's getting squashed in matches in, in AEW, and he comes back and he's one of your top guys, I don't know. It, it's uh, does that match up? I think that's the that's the line they have to kind of um, tight walk a bit, a tight the rope they have a tight walk. Did I say that correctly? I don't know. Whatever that is, <laughs> um, that's what, that, they have to kind of thread that needle. So um, I think that's more than anything what they're doing there. But I, I think they've got high hopes for Ryan. And he's a talented, ta- talented guy. Um, yeah, I'm curious to see what he does next. Because again, he's talented. And but when this goes back to the earlier point too about so much competition, um, it's good because it, it means the performers have to have to have to be at their best. So it's going to be really interesting to see who breaks through. So MLW does have like talent through the roof. But I have to ask, as a belt head, on the current landscape. Where does the MLW World Heavyweight Championship rank? The design of it. Mm. The design mm. of it. The look of it. 
Beauty Jeff Hardy, TNA, uh, Willow type that. vibes. Only on the current landscape. So I'm not going to make it too hard. I'm not going to put you on the really hot Will, seat. Willow, not Willow of vibes. all time, just on the current landscape of things. So across uh, the board. Let's put it like this. Let's, let's rank them, Justin. So you, you have to rank <laughs> Impact Heavyweight Championship. You have to rank Universal and WWE Heavyweight is, Championship. Is, is the TNA title in, in the talks or? We, 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 we are we going to stick just like that? I like the old TNA belt. That's, it was that's higher to me than Impact. I agree. Watching watching NXT last night, I think Balor came out with the belt on. They had him in the back. They showed him like in the in the hallway, uh, 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 coming through the curtain, or when he when he came through the curtain. But I thought, man, that belt looks looks too big. Like it's got to be a right size because today, February fifteenth, I think it was man eighty eight or eighty nine, uh, was the day that. WWF introduced the million dollar belt. Like that belt was perfect. Perfect. It was small. Um, happy anniversary. Yeah, happy anniversary. Yeah, happy right. anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> For the million dollar man. I got um, that belt. I got that belt. Yes, I did. Yeah, you do. Yep. It's a yep, great yep. belt. I don't know. That's a tough one. What's my number one belt? Uh, I like AEWs a lot. And I think, you know, it's funny what, what goes into your mind, but like having Bret Hart introduce that belt was such a big deal um, at the very beginning. Uh, the WWE title's nice too. It's good. I like it. McIntyre's. Romans is all right. Yeah. There's just so much lineage there. I I always like the design of the IC belt. I know they've changed a little bit, but uh, I don't know. Do you this, have a this you new have a, one? I, I, the I new like IC the, belt, the more traditional style. Okay. Yeah. I, I will say I do like the new United States Championship. I love it. That, Bobby that Lashley's the nice yeah. perfect guy for it. Which yeah. is great. That being said, I hope he I hope he loses it next week. But I agree, Bobby. <laughs> I want to see Bobby in the main. I think Bobby 100%. to me, yeah. There's not another guy that works with McIntyre. That's such a different mania match. They're physical. They're big. They're strong. The problem with Bobby Lashley, and this has been a problem, especially in his la- in this WWE run. Bobby's got a major problem. He's too big. He's too strong. It doesn't make sense for him to lose a lot of the matches he loses. So this yeah. current run where he's so well protected, yeah. it's perfect. Like he, he, sh- Bobby Lashley shouldn't oh. lose unless something, unless it's a guy like a Keith Lee, Drew McIntyre. There has to be a certain type of, of opponent. Otherwise, where's the believability? I, I agree. I'll say the U.S. title right now. That's a really nice belt. Um, yeah. Right now. And, and, and just on a little note there on, on Bobby, like I'm a big fan of, and maybe I'm biased to, you know, what we saw growing up, like the IC belt. In many on many occasions was used as like a stepping stone to the main event, right? To the world championship. And I'm still a fan of that formula. I'm still a fan of that that ladder. Um, I feel like we haven't really seen that much in recent years. They tease the step, like you know, you, they tease Samoa Joe, right? That was like on a perfect track. Um, and I, I feel or, like Bobby Lashley. Or you win the, the main title like AJ, then you lose it, then you go down a tier and you win the US title. Right. Yeah, but it's not going up, it's going down. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Or it goes lateral. And and so I feel like they have a chance to really get back to that here or to at least tap into it again. And this is the perfect scenario. This is the perfect time to do it. Bobby Lashley is the guy because he in order to earn that privilege, you have to you have to elevate the US title. You have to make it mean, you have to make it run mean something. It's gotta be special, it's gotta be something that the fans can really resonate with. And in this case, he took nothing and, and made it something. And so he deserves to to go back to that original mold, what we used to see. Yeah, that's small tip of the cat to, uh, to Apollo Crews, too. And then and, and just to harp yeah. on the title, that Ring of Honor title is, I think, a beauty as well. Uh, I, 
I got to vent about titles, though. If we're talking titles, the names, Jay, it drives me nuts. The Raw Women's Champion, the SmackDown Women's Champion. Why can't we do WWE or, or, or Universal? Like, I don't get why. I don't know. I just don't like. To me, it devalues the, the title. Like, Sasha Banks should be WWE Champion or WWE Women's Champion if, if, if it has to be. Or she should be uni Women's Universal Champion. I just, I don't know. I don't love SmackDown Women's Champion or yeah, Raw right. Women's Champion. I'd love to have. To the brand, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't like that. They're bigger even, than the, I'm even sorry. Seeing, sorry about that. Even seeing AEW named their title a TNT Championship, TNT. like, I thought they'd be the one promotion to stay away from that. And uh, the TNT title just doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't roll off the tongue. It doesn't fit. It, it Not even the Dynamite Championship. It, it, it'd be like if WWE called it the World Fox Championship. Like, it, it just, it just doesn't USA roll off the tongue. Oh, they, they, right. they do have the USA. They yeah. do have the United well, States. Uh, <laughs> but Justin, do you think that, like, WWE has, has now established, like, a loophole to not, not be able to call people former... WWE champions. You, you got you got a guy like like Goldberg, right? Who was the world champion, and, and you know when they had the WCW, WCW belt, and then he was Universal champion. And they he was even, WWE yeah. champ. What's that? He was WWE champ. Was he, he WWE beat, champ? No, he, he beat, wasn't. He beat uh, Triple H. It was, it was world world title. That's the world the world title. World the title. WWE. WWE, no, but you know, then, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it was the know, world title. You, you know what I mean? Like they they have a bunch of guys like that. You know, we could go down the rabbit hole on that, but it almost feels like a, I don't know, like a cheap way to to not like oh. to them. They they view the WWE Championship as the highest one, and they're still really nitpicky about who gets to call themselves former WWE champions versus. Oh yeah, yeah, he was a, a Universal champion. Oh yeah, he was a world champion. Like How did they dub Mark Henry, though? And I, I feel like there's a reason behind it. I think Mark's a former world champion, right? I mean, I know he didn't have the WWE Championship, which is a shame. He, he had the world uh, world heavyweight title, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it just makes me wonder, like, how – because he's been – he's a, he was a WWE guy through and through. So it makes me wonder, like, how would they reference him? Being and last year, I, I think he's – to me, Mark, Mark I mean, they call him a Hall of Famer, right? Like, that's yeah, what they call Mark. Keep it uh, simple. <laughs> even, um, even, uh, who are we just talking about? Uh, it depends on who has the title too, because Goldberg, like yeah. to me, Goldberg, thank you. To me though, they've treated the universal and I'm not saying they shouldn't have, but they've treated the universal title a lot differently since Roman's been back compared to the WWE championship. So I, I don't know. They pick and choose for sure. Um, but like, if that's the case, Bobby Lashley's a, a former, what? multi-time world champion he's what a two-time ecw champion um so it's it you're right though they pick and choose when they want i mean they're rewriting history with their own narrative uh i was watching some stuff on the network i was watching wrestlemania 7 and i i had to remind myself how good the model rick or rick martell was as the model like he had great run but rick martell was so good you never hear about him. why he's no, he's not involved. He, doesn't, yeah. he doesn't do yeah. anything with them but that doesn't mean he wasn't great. There were so many, like, they obviously, they write history, and that is what it is. Um, that's why, I suppose that's why we're here too, right? To help yeah. help present a different version of that. But there's so many greats. Um, and if you weren't a world champion, well, I don't know, in the Hogan era, you probably weren't. It doesn't mean you weren't great. <laughs> so um, speaking, snake, of, yeah. speaking of rewriting history and history, and you just brought up a name that I think 
completely rewrote his narrative in, in 2020 and this first half of 2021 so far as Roman Reigns. Yeah, completely. Could, could we, could we, could we, could you picture 365 days ago that he'd be in the position he is in now, not only wrestling again, let's, let's start with that. Um, but actually wrestling in a position that fans are really behind the story that he's presenting. And let's be honest. Did we really want to see, I understand why they were doing it for mania with uh, you know, clicks and eyeballs and pay-per-view buys. Did we really want to see a spear versus spear match of Roman Reigns versus Bill Goldberg? Yeah. Might end up getting it anyway. So, so, so uh, do but, you think? I don't think so. I think, no. I think we're building towards Roman Reigns and Edge. I, yes. I, I feel like it has to be that. I don't think we'll see Goldberg. I think the reason we saw Goldberg's against Drew McIntyre was to give Goldberg whatever clause in his contract says that he has to perform on a pay per view before some certain. No, I, 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 I was I referring think it was to Spear versus Spear. I think spear, it was to give, I, I liked it. I was a fan of what happened. They used Goldberg, you know, just to use him. For Drew McIntyre, it gives Drew McIntyre for a minimal, like, badge of honor, like another patch that he can wear over something. That's how you should use old or legends. Wrong that That's, you overcame yes. in your run. Yeah, I loved it. For so my only problem are, with it, though, I was, understood the reason behind it. I like the way they presented it, but they, and, and it's tough to, like, I understand why Bill would want that match. They were working, it would be like me playing one on one against Jay. I mean, it'd be nice for me to be out there, but like, Bill was just outmatched. I mean, Drew is, there was a very distinct difference between those two styles and those two performers and their ability at this point in their career. Bill shouldn't have been in that match. Like I'm with you. I actually like the story. I like that. They made Drew, they put Drew over against a, a big, big star. That's perfect. But man, I think that match showed us there's a formula with Bill and it's working with guys like Dolph Ziggler who will ping pong around the ring um, and, and, and make him look like a million bucks. You can't nice way to put it. Yeah. He can't work those matches anymore. Like you, maybe he could work Sammy Zane at me. I wouldn't do that, but I'm trying to think of guys who would, who could make him look like a stud, but man, he should not be in those. That was just a different speed. Um, of a, I, think, of a match. I really do think it's a badge of honor for, for someone, someone's I title. That. Anyways, like you were able to, if you start teeing off Overcame Goldberg, who that person beat, like just throwing Goldberg on that list is pretty formidable. And I think Which it's just for that reason for, to keep it on paper and Goldberg yeah. gets his payday. Now, did we all really want to see that? No, I get it. But I think it was just for those reasons. And to go back to the original question about Roman, I, I agree. Since he's come back, like when, when you look at it, on Roman leaves and upsets a lot of people. I mean, he didn't, you, you have to, I mean, every, you talk to any, anybody who's anybody old school in the business. If your name's on the marquee, you show up and you work. Roman or Joe doesn't work mania. That's crazy. Like he does, he, he opts not to, and he puts his name out there and his wife's pregnant with twins and the in-laws are like, he, he looks out for his family first. That's why to me, and I know it's, it's, it's over the top and the volumes turned up, but like this storyline right now, I mean, there's a number of reasons to love it, but the guy gave up his career and he was going to be something somewhere, no matter what. Right. But he leaves, he doesn't work mania for his family. Like I love the fact that his story now, and it's not mocking him, this story is he is he is looking out for his family, obviously looking out for him. They're making it a presentation out of it, too. But I love that angle of this piece. He came back and got every, Roman got everything he wanted. And that had to be a message to Vince that you got to listen to your talent. You have to. They're listening to Drew McIntyre, which is great. And they listen to Roman, which clearly Roman belongs in this role. He's, he's the to me, the top guy right now in the industry. I don't know. 
Sasha's right there. Kenny's right there. But I think Roman's probably the guy right now today. Um, and he, with Heyman, which opens up so many with that's what he wanted. He wanted Heyman and they didn't want to do it. But he do pushed. You think, do you think Heyman has found the key yet to the lock? Heyman, let me let me explain <laughs> that. And one, and one thing Paul Heyman said. Probably still looking for it. He said when Roman Reigns was not at WrestleMania, it was the lowest attended WrestleMania. Of all time. <laughs> it's true. The most genius, <laughs> it's true. Thing, like the and that's where Paul Heyman. Yes, gold. yes, I love it. I'm sorry to snatch that from you, Justin, but no, I was waiting no, for those to work that in but there. But they're, they're also there's enough subtlety and nuance where they're not always on the same. Yeah, storyline wise, they're not always on the same page, mm-hmm. which is perfect because if and when Brock comes back, there's no question. Like. Roman can have the Usos, or he can have whomever as a mouthpiece. He can talk himself. Brock needs a mouthpiece. Like Brock needs Paul. Brock. Yeah. Brock doesn't work. Brock's not Brock without Paul. They've tried to split them before. It doesn't work, especially at this yeah. point. Brock is who he is. So, like when Brock comes back, and that's going to be a great. That's that to me is a totally different story. Like Survivor Series and and the match, whatever. I like the match, but the the story, the Roman Drew story. We've seen Roman Drew too many times. It felt fresh at Survivor Series. I think if Brock comes back and we see Brock Roman, we've seen that too many times. I think that'll be fresh this time around. Yeah, I've been a firm believer that if Brock does come back, you see him joining forces with Roman Reigns. And I'm, I'm on a small, small, small group with that. Look at Jay's too powerful. I see, I see, I see a two man power trip type thing only because <laughs> I know Brock Lesnar is there for a short period. He's not there for a long time, right? He's only there for a couple months. So, but that's just me. So, Justin, just real Even quick. He's there, he's not there. Yeah. <laughs> so, you touched on this a, a bit earlier, man. Like, when, when Lashley, you know, was getting his run, like, he's just too powerful, and it's kind of like a detriment to him. However, when we look at it from the other side of the spectrum, you look at someone like Braun Strowman, right? They pushed Strowman to the moon, and they protected him as well, whereas with Lashley, he's we seen him take some ugly losses, and we were like, wow, should he have really taken that loss? You know what I mean? Uh, you look at someone like Big E, who's, who's kind of everyone thought was getting that push, push, push. And it's kind of like scaling back a bit. And now he's, it seems to be finding footing with Apollo. I guess that's going to be, if not a, uh, you know what I mean, if not this upcoming pay-per-view, I think it will be a WrestleMania match, which kind of. Love, love the Nakamura match. I know it didn't end the way we wanted, but like yeah. the Nakamura match showed off at a different, different gear from Big E. Those two guys working together. That was neat. Yeah. So I, I, I guess the point where I'm getting at, do we feel that, you know, WWE has a lot of, you know, wrestlers, especially the wrestlers of color, who are, are big and, and, and like powerful, uh, but they seem to take a lot more losses that they shouldn't compared to like your Drew McIntyre's who were protected compared to your Braun Strowman type, like who was protected, you know, for a point in time, Lars Sullivan, I don't, I can't remember the last time he took a loss before right. he got fired or, or even felt came off his feet. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like, like uh, not to put you on the hot seat, but kind of like, how do you like view that? You know, overall, it's just like, it, do we, do you feel like WWE just doesn't believe they have stars or, or what? Like, so I, I, I won't disagree with you. I'll look at Bobby Lashley first. Like if you don't know Bobby by now, he started with you in 2005, right? Like Bobby's Bobby somehow is in better shape now than he was then at 44. Bobby's incredible. And he talked about in the interview and it's just his style, right? Bobby's very respectful and humble. And he said when he came back in 2018, he's been laying groundwork ever since to prove that he can be world champion. And I get it. He should be saying that. Right. But if they don't know by now, Bobby Lashley should be world champ. What universe, what are they watching? 
uh, Big E too. To me, it's like I think the to me it should be trust, right? Like, can you can you trust this guy to 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 represent your brand? Because being a champion to me means a lot. Uh, that that's that that's your face of the company. Big E, if you don't know by now, you can trust Big E. And this is my problem too, Jay, with the with the storytelling. Like, if you ran with Big E right now and say he won the Rumble, it's red hot. If we wait six months, will it be? I don't know. Big E's great, probably. But you, the time is now. Like I, that reactionary booking stuff. It's like, oh, let's. I don't know. And I love a long-term story. Don't get me wrong. But there's sometimes when a guy's hot. Like that's that to me was the attitude error. They ran with what whatever was hot. Like if it was hot, you go, and if it, if it bombed, bombed, right? But if it was hot, you went with it. And that's I think the one thing now. It's like if things just take. Some things take too much time. Um, and I'll agree with you. I mean, lastly, and I'm not even sure. I mean, I wrote about it today. Uh, I think it'd be a great story at Mania. I don't know if it's going to happen. I, he could get that match and lose too, because it's tough. The problem with another problem with Bobby is he's he's a heel and Drew's the babyface in that at Mania. But I don't think that match would headline. So I don't think they, they could easily have the villain go over. But you're right. Why isn't he better protected? It's a valid question. Um, and I think Bobby more so than than Biggie, only because he's been around longer. Um, you're right. It's, it's not a problem with other guys. Though it took Braun a while, and Braun, Braun wouldn't have been world champion if, if Roman hadn't. Like, they did not want to give Braun the belt. They did not want to. They, they did. They were, Vince was adamant that he wasn't. He was an attraction, right? He wasn't the champ. Um, but he got it because of, of Roman stepping out of mania and they needed somebody to take the belt off, off, um, Goldberg. Goldberg. Thank you. And I think that was last year's last loss pinfall loss, right? Another guy that that's a star. Was that his last loss? Mania Alistair black. Yep. Yep. Who I checked still under contract, but Alistair black is, you know, you don't see here or, uh, who did I just ask about? Oh, Damian priest in an interview. I asked about black. Because that'd be an awesome match. And he said, of course, you know, I'd want to work him. Um, but I don't know if we'll see him again in WWE. He would be a perfect fit. Perfect. Uh, Tommy End for, uh, for AEW, for New Japan, for anybody. I'm jumping around. But no, I agree. Um, yeah. The window for Lashley is now. If you, if you wait till after Mania, I think it just waters down the moment. Big E is awesome. I know they have big plans, but I agree. I wouldn't want to wait too long. And, and you brought up a good point. And Jay just brought up a good point. It's like, you see, they did it with Drew McIntyre. You talked about reactionary booking. They did it with Drew McIntyre. He was a guy that they had early on. He left. He came back. They put the rocket on his back. They saw the crowd was behind him. He run the rumble and they, now he's, he's, he's good to go. Why, why Blashley can't get the same? Is it because Drew can talk a little bit and Bobby can't? Um, I, 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 there, there is, there is, there is something there that he is missing, but there's also something there that WWE doesn't want him to have. Bobby Lashley, I guess McIntyre too, both these guys, you could say about both of them. They're better in like their physique is better in real life than their action figure. Like that's insane. Like those two guys particularly stand out. I suppose Braun you'd put on that level too. Um, but you mentioned Bobby, like that's Brock, Brock can't talk, you know, Brock, I mean, not, not in WWE, Brock can cut tremendous compelling promos with MMA with UFC. We, we saw it, we heard it, but Brock it's, it doesn't work for him in WWE. Um, that why, that's why to me, an MVP of 2020, I mean, from, from out of nowhere, it, I think he's, he's been on your show and he's MVP was, he breathed life into a product 
that desperately needed air. He was so good in 2020. Those performance center Raws, still what he's doing with Bobby. Shelton Benjamin, for the first time in forever, is a commodity in WWE. Why, is, why, why did that take so long? Um, and Cedric, I think Cedric Alexander should be a world champion at some point, like the world champ, whether it's Universal, WWE, whatever. Like That's the type of guy. I don't know. If you're looking long-term, isn't he your guy? Shouldn't yeah. he be your guy? Yeah. And MVP is the perfect mouthpiece. I mean, that's you, you hit the nail on the head. And I think we just, you know, before we close out, man, we'll be remiss if we didn't mention NXT and everything they've been doing. Uh, you know, a lot of their new new people coming over. We've got reports that Taya Valkyrie has signed. Um, she'll be announced. Uh, MSK, formerly, you know, you guys should the know. Rascals. A lot of the Rascals. Two-thirds two, two of the Rascals. Uh, with Trey Miguel staying back at Impact. And then, of course, L.A. Knight. I almost said the last name. I almost said it. But it, the new L.A. Knight, and I'll never get used to that. Like, I, I guess I want to touch on that. Why is it, like, why can't WWE treat certain stars like AJ Styles treatment? Like, let them keep their names. You know, you look at Kenta, right? He comes Mojo. over. Yeah, and Samojo, yeah. You know what I mean? You have guys like Kenta come over and people know him as Kenta and they switch their names. You know, Shinsuke was lucky he get the, he, he was able to keep his name. You know what I mean? But people like Eli Drake, who obviously a lot of people know for his catchphrases, like, is similar to Mr. Kennedy. You know what I mean? Or Mr. Anderson. Like, you get Eli Drake. People know that. They, they're going to see it, like, and if they would have been a live crowd, like, they could have pointed out as he did it. Why are they, like, so punch drunk on <laughs> creating these whack names like well, LA Knight. <laughs> and I think of Adam Cole, because when he came in, it was, he was Adam Cole. But I think, yeah. you know, when you, it's interesting too, to look at the biggest success stories out of the performance center and out of NXT. I mean, I wouldn't, it's tough. Like, do you consider Finn Balor a, an NXT success story? I mean, I suppose he, he was there. He's their, he's their best champion. Ah, that's tough. Cause Joe had a great run too, but like Balor was, like when they had their best buzz, Balor was the guy, and he's a the guy they 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 repackaged him in 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 their mold, and I could see why they take credit for it. I'm not saying they should. I could see why they would, but like he's theirs now, right? They repackaged him. They put they they put the Finn Balor on him. They 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 did everything they wanted to do. Um, they also double as the Prince still. Yeah, yeah, they went back to that. Yeah, yeah. They tend to do oh, that where they don't forget about the past completely. They just slip it in there without actually mentioning it. Right. As long as it works for their narrative. Right. I mean, I suppose when you're the when you're the giant, you have that right. I agree. I like that's that was fun in the Monday night era, the war era. Like Raven shows up on WCW, he's Raven. Like he wasn't, I don't know, something else. He wasn't Scott or whatever, you know. Um yeah, that's why, like, to me, what's going to be a fun feud moving forward in AEW, excuse me, in NXT is 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 Kyle O'Reilly and, and uh, what we saw last night and, and Adam Cole. Like, that's an awesome story. That story has roots. That story has real history. Um, they're not calling them by different names. Like, they were they were Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly back then. They're Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly now. Um, I just don't understand for the life of me when you have – one of the hottest things going in pro wrestling, Pat McAfee, awesome. Like, out, I hate to use a dumb pun, but I will. Outkicked his coverage, right? I mean, the guy was just so tremendous. I think better than anybody thought. How do you not feature? And you're in a, you're in a, 
say what you want. You're in a ratings battle. Demographics, you, you, you want to have as many eyeballs in your product as possible. Pat's phenomenal. And he's on the bench right now after stealing the show. After he, he, He'd never been better than he was after. Like, he stole the show at War Games in the ring with phenomenally talented pro wrestlers. I just don't understand it. And it, va- and it validates his point. It validates Pat McAfee's point on Adam Cole. So, and, I, and like, I, I'll be honest, I'm not a fan of the UE breakup because I felt there's not too many factions, um, just in general, that, that kind of have that cachet. And I felt that UE had that cachet and could have brought that up to the main roster and been very compelling in anything they've done. Um, yeah, and I think and, that's the catch, Jay. Do you trust people on the main roster to tell that story correctly? Nah. I, um, I actually, with them, I think they – I, I don't think they could get that one wrong. That is the one, like, I feel that you East is... a throwaway raw match. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. We're, 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 talking about feel... lo- we're talking about a company that can't do long-term storytelling. Well, they you finally... have to look at it this way. You have to look at it this way, right? Shinsuke comes up. Shinsuke didn't bomb. Kevin Owens came up. Kevin Owens hasn't bombed. You know what I mean? Seth Rollins and The Shield come up. They didn't bomb. Now, there are some other people that have come up and bombed. Like Bobby ruled like Bobby just bombed. based on his age. Shinsuke hasn't. Shinsuke bomb. bombed when he fr- not when he when first, he first came, came up. But I think he in the middle there he definitely did. In the middle there he definitely bombed for a but while. He's just Shins- back. to me. Shinsuke and AJ is just another match on SmackDown now. Just another match on Raw. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be horrified. I'd be terrible if, if if that was Kyle and Adam. That'll never happen in NXT. Like like even to use Champa and um, Gargano. Yeah, I was about to yeah. compare those separate two. worlds yeah. when they're not together, which I think is so smart. Um, but that's why I love if if Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez if they win the which they should because that women's tag division needs needs something unique it needs a, a team not two stars thrown together like if they can remain you know on NXT and have that protection and that booking and then go on SmackDown and Raw and show off their skills I love that story I, I think they're perfect they're much better in that role than than Shayna Baszler and. Um, and, and she's another example. Like, think of Shayna, how, how dominant and fearsome she was in NXT. Shayna's another face now. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. She was fearsome in the, after the Elimination Chamber, too. And then, yeah. uh, you know, she, she went to Mania, had the match with Becky. And Up until she bit Becky in the neck, she was fearsome. And well, what was that? I think Vince. It, it might have been a Vince thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know what I mean? I, I think, like I was saying, just, just to touch on it, like, I think UE could have been something on the great on the main roster, which could have helped them revitalize Survivor Series and those traditional tag matches or even introduce war games or something like that on the main roster. You know, but uh, I digress. We'll see what the future holds. Well, look at New Day. I mean, to stay on the top of saying, look at New Day. New Day's not – if New Day had a three-year run, it's nice. But the fact they didn't break up, like, that is so unique and so cool. And, I, you know, it was funny. I I, I didn't do it to irritate them, but um, – and not irritated, but – was it the last? It wasn't the last time I spoke with Kopi. It was two two calls ago because I mentioned it, or he, one of us mentioned it the next time. I think it was me, but I mentioned like what a cool opportunity. This is post Mania last year. Like what a cool opportunity it would be to have you and Big E at a SummerSlam main event. St- not not split though. Still part of the New Day. Which way does Woods go? Both of you guys, and I thought there'd be a crowd by then. I was wrong. Both of you guys are doing New Day rocks chants to the crowd. Like the, it's a new, you know, it's. That, and he kind of cut me off and said, listen, he's like, don't be a wedge driver. He's like, we, we're not doing that. It's not what we want to do. And I can see it, too. And, and his point, too, was once they let it go that way, 
they're not they're not in control of their story anymore. Like once they decide they're going to wrestle, that story all their storylines go in different directions, and there's different people involved. And I think they are just so comfortable and confident telling the story the way, the way they want to tell it together. Um, I, I wonder how UE t- uh, would look on the main roster. That's a good question. Yeah, we, we won't know. <laughs> yeah. We won't have that foursome. So, oh, man. But Justin, I guess, I guess, what is your prediction, man? Because I, I think, you Mania? Select, yeah, that's what I say. I'm, I'm, I think Roman Reigns is going to be taking on Edge in the Spirit versus Spirit match. Well, can I ask you guys a question? Yep. All three, one by one. Who, what's, what's the Saturday night main event, and who goes over? What's the Sunday night main event, and who goes? I'm gonna go first, real quick. Saturday night is a women's match. Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair, Bianca Belair goes over. Sunday night. I think it is going to be Roman Reigns versus Edge. Who goes over? I'm still back and forth with it. I think Roman Reigns goes over. I just don't see how Edge loses with all this comeback stuff and everything they're building around him. I don't see how he loses, but I also don't see how they take the belt off Roman Reigns without a crowd there. It, de- it depends on whether or not there's a crowd there, and it sounds like there's going to be, so I guess I'll go with Edge. And I'll, I'll be unoriginal and very quick. I completely agree with Julio on his selections for Saturday's main event and Sunday's main event. That's me. I completely see that happening. Likewise, and I, I, I'll go a step further. I think Edge wins. I mean, excuse me. I think Roman wins. And I think uh, we finally get to see uh, the other Uso make his return to cost Edge the championship. But couldn't you flip the nights? Which I agree. I think I agree with you guys. It's a Saturday night. I would have, I would have Bianca win, and then Sunday night I would have Roman win. Um, but I, I think back, they're not going to copy – Wrestle Kingdom booking, but I love how Wrestle Kingdom, like it went with, they want Kota Ibushi to be, they wanted a happy, a happy finish for that crowd to go home happy. It's, it's been a tough year in the world and wrestling reflects society. You want to send your crowd home happy. Maybe you could flip it where Bianca, like to me, if you made Bianca the, the go home star of Sunday night, man, what a spotlight you're putting on her. Yep. Uh, part of me says I'd almost want Sasha to win that match then, but, but you're trying to build Bianca. I get it. And, and Sasha knows how to build a star. That's a tough, tough thing to do. Do you close Mania on Sunday night with Roman as a heel Roman, or do you close Sunday night with a, a babyface Bianca? I don't know. I would close it with the heel Roman, um, and, and that's just me because it, I think it becomes a little too predictable at times. Where it's like Sunday nights and oh, it, like Edge's story, like and, and, and kudos to Edge because he's the one who pitched the storyline of him winning the Royal Rumble. Um, so kudos to him on that. But I think it just becomes predictable. I, I I like to see, I think that Sunday night, you get that Roman heat. Like, oh, this guy wins again. And, like, you, it's been a while since we've had one of those heels. And I think Roman, it, it fits the mold as, like, that heel that you'd like, you know what, I'll even buy a pay-per-view just to see him, like, see him get his ass kicked. Not just so. that. They, they owe Roman one. They owe him a WrestleMania <laughs> where he's holding the belt at the end. They owe him one. For, for a, from a few years ago, they owe him one. But this so. story is all about, like, to me, that's a great story, too, for Edge. Like, he lost. He, he's a loser. Like, that's an awesome story. Like, how does he come back from that? If he wins, he's the baby base champ. He's going to eventually drop it to, to re, restart. Like, it, the, the chase continues. Yeah, and you can I set up your SummerSlam. Yeah, you got to be careful how many times, like, like to go back to Abushi. Abushi lost last year at Wrestle Kingdom. He needed to win this one. But like Edge losing this year and needing to endure and find a way to get to that belt, that makes to me SummerSlam so much more special. Yeah, definitely. And and I, I hate to say this, but I think that just overall, and it's not what I believe, 
in my heart, but I think that they view putting the Roman match on Sunday helps to keep people hooked on the weekend. If they give it to you early on the night before, people will then tune out and may not come back on Sunday. I think that they truly believe that their women's division isn't all the way where they want it to be just yet. But Bianca is a part of that solution, which is the bright side of it all. And so I see, I, I agree with you, though. I think Sasha could draw Sunday night. Like, I think she, she's big enough. People know who she is. Whether or not they do it is a different question. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you could make if you can make Roman a bigger star and, and build Bianca and Sasha is a superstar, like Mania's got a lot of potential. Even without Johnson. Yeah. Oh man. That's uh, maybe. I think we, I think we touched on everything, man. We hit hit them all. We hit them all. You might as well stick around for our outro because we want people to connect with you and to follow you on your platforms. The unsanctioned podcast can be reached out to by writing us a note, unsanctionedpodcast at gmail.com. Check us out. On your favorite platforms, iHeartRadio, uh, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, so, Plex, yeah. TuneIn, etc. And uh, we're happy Across to... Across social media. They got to get us on social, social media. media. Where, but where are we, Jay? Let them know. At Unsanctioned PW. You know, of course, that should yes, be like sir. pinned. That should Absolutely. be pinned everywhere. You know what I mean? <laughs> and let's throw the, the, the personal plugins. We'll go with JB, Justin Barrasso, to kick us off. At Justin Barrasso on Twitter. I'll make sure this is – I'm not sure when this posts, but I'll make sure this is embedded in Wednesday's column. Wednesday's uh, SI column will open with Edge talking about the Royal Rumble. I think there's some fun pieces of information in there about working with Christian when he found out that was going to happen, when they'd be in the Rumble together, uh, and how that kind of developed. Um, an interview with Jimmy Rave as well. There'll be a, a quote in there about defending the the NOAA, the GH, uh, GHC – uh, heavyweight championship in America from from uh, great Muda who just won the belt last week. So lots there. Uh, later in the week, there'll be a piece with John Moxley highlighting his his return to the Indies for Josh Barnett's blood sport. He's he's wrestling Harry or fighting Harry Smith. And I don't think there's a more electric star right now in the business to go back to another point than John Moxley. He's done things his way. He's telling great stories. He's making everything as believable and as authentic as as humanly possible in the world of pro wrestling. Uh, I can't get enough of his content. So gr- grateful to share that story on what he's building in AEW, in New Japan, and in the Indies. And there'll be a piece too that um, I I don't have it yet, so I don't want to say. But I think Tuesday, I know there'll be a, there'll be a piece with uh, Impact's Josh Matthews talking about going to the production end. And I'm going to try to work in one more story this week that uh, maybe people wouldn't expect. So, uh, unsanctioned piece. Well, the, the unsanctioned will certainly be in the Wednesday call. I, I love coming on. And I'll mention this in the piece, too. You guys do. Uh, it's it's not just it's the passion, right? And, and you know your stuff. And. Um, like when I'm at family with Jay and I hope no one from the Red Sox is listening, like we have raw on in the room. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not just something. No, he talks about. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty visible. It's real. And it's, yeah. I mean, all three of you guys. So I'm thrilled to be back. Um, it was funny. Jay texted today. You still on? And I said, of course, I can't wait. So thank you again for having me. And I'll make sure to post this on my social when, uh, when and, it's uh, Just once again, where are you on Twitter? At Justin Barrasso. All right. You can always find me on Twitter at Luis Vasquez 617. You can find me at Connoisseur781. You can find me at the Juice underscore UPW. And, yeah, man. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Justin Barrasso that from Sports Illustrated on the Unsanctioned Podcast. That is a wrap, but not officially yet until Jay says the line. 
Hit him. You already know, man. This is the Unsanctioned Podcast. We are now being unsanctioned over your airwaves. To the next time, peace and love, y'all. Tune, tune. Gotta bring the city back. Let me know we still here. Never gonna stop. Keep rolling like a whale. Jig and be shook.